Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder, Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Damage Control, Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, anti-aging supplement. Available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, here's your host, Brad Kearns. Welcome. It's Brad Kearns here with our favorite guest, Mark Sisson, back in the studio. It's been a while, Mark. Yeah, it's been a while, but I'm uh, I'm ready to hit some questions and uh, bring the audience up to speed on what we've been doing. Okay, so we've put up uh, over 30 proper Primal Blueprint podcasts, as well as the wonderful new direction with the Mark Stanley Apple uh, narrated posts. So we're filling that pipeline pretty well. Yeah, no, I'm pleased with that. I think it uh, it provides um, the listener an opportunity to get kind of fresh information from me and my guests. Um, and also for other listeners who want to, uh, you know, listen to uh, an MDA um, blog post uh, narrated rather than, you know, have to read it at work. It's a great opportunity to catch up on all the Mark's Daily Apple stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm reading so much during the day that I feel sometimes I fall behind because I just don't have any more energy to read for my leisure, for my for my education at Mark's Daily Apple. So I'm a huge devotee of Brock Armstrong. We'll put out a plug to him. He's reading the posts not only every week, but picking out some great highlights and going back into the archives of how many posts we have in the archives. Oh, my God, 4,000. Yeah, so we're picking out the best of Mark's Daily Apple, and that'll be titled as such if you want to pick out those, as well as the highlights of the relevant posts of the week, not the recipes or the things that don't lend itself to audio. But um, that's part of the channel, too. And then we have our regularly occurring Primal Blueprint podcasts, which are uh, titled accordingly and on the blog.primalblueprint.com website, which is where you can ask a question if you'd like to get it onto the show. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a long time coming to this podcast concept because I just didn't quite get it because I, I hadn't incorporated it into my own life. And now that I'm spending a lot more time with my headphones on, listening to other other podcasts as part of my research, I get that that's a very convenient way to, uh, to, to, to be given some information that you otherwise would not have access to. Uh, so what, what I thought for this one, like I said, we've put up like 35 podcasts. I've gone back and listened to much of the content because we're threading some of that into the cert course, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, and we've also been talking off mic about how you've answered so many questions. You've, you've said so much and covered so much ground. So I thought today we'll just kind of freelance a little bit, do some open mic and just talk about the, the latest things that are on your mind. Because sometimes we go off the air with our formal show and we get to talking about little asides that I, I feel like are interesting to the listeners. And just yesterday you were talking about um, some of your latest fitness pursuits and setbacks, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's um, a, a recent revelation. It's not a recent one. I've, I've Actually, it's come to mind again, even though I've learned this lesson many times over. Which is that for every um, injury that I've uh, incurred over my career, there probably was a simple biomechanical fix. 
And even though I've gone in to see orthopedists and other specialists and gotten MRIs and scans and, and x-rays and have had suggestions of surgery and other you know modalities like that, the bottom line is that I keep coming back to this idea that that there is a way to fix most injuries that aren't traumatic uh, through some manipulation of 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 range of motion, stretching, or whatever. And you know, I um, you yesterday told me about your uh, cure for your plantar fasciitis, which had plagued you for years. Recently, as just a, a year or two ago. And your podiatrist, I guess it was, showed you a two-minute stretch to hold. And lo and behold, you did that, and, you were, and it went away. Uh, a similar thing happened to me. My shoulders have been bothering for me for years. And I thought, well, it's, you know, again, part of getting old. It's part of because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do too much at my age. I'm 61 now, and I'm playing Frisbee every week with these young guys. And I'm paddling for two hours pretty hard, I'm having fun while I'm doing it. But it's, you know, it's a hard, hard workout. Uh, by the way, listeners, young guys, quote-unquote, does not mean 43-year-old young guys. It means guys that show up at the field on Sunday with college gear on from the college athletic team that they play for, like Tufts football players and so on down the line with 22-year-old absolute rock-solid studs. And Mark shows up and he's assigned to guard one of these fools. Yeah, so it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's challenging to say the least. And at some point, you know, Things break. I get I get minor injuries, and for the shoulder thing, which I found uh, really aggravating over the years, because I've been in the gym and I've been doing uh, you know whatever I could do in the gym to uh, to work around these things. I think one of the reasons I got my initial shoulder problem was just trying to do too many pull ups, for instance, or too many dips um, in one single plane of motion. And even though we have the primal essential movements and pull ups and dips are, are basically essentially derivations of that. I got to the point where I was maybe trying to do too much. And recently, and it's really weird, I went to uh, South Beach in Florida. I stayed at a hotel down there, and I was in the hotel gym trying to work my way through a brand new set of equipment that I'd never seen. And, um, you know, because I'm not really equipment-minded, I try to do bodyweight stuff. I try to do push-ups, pull-ups, lunges, squats, dips, things like that. Um, but anyway, I'm on this piece of equipment, and this guy who didn't speak any English really came up to me and no, 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 no. And he, and he started to plug. I had like 80 pounds of weight on one particular piece of apparatus, and he plugged it into 20, and he said, no, do this, and do this, and do this. And what he was showing me was he was literally, instead of my doing 8 to 10 or 12 repetitions of this heavy weight, he was doing 50 repetitions of a much lighter weight, which, you know, in, in my, there's a rationale for that. But what he was doing was he was literally, every time he did a repetition, his hands were in a different location on the equipment. So if it was an overhead press machine, his hands were close together. His hands were wider. His, his palms were up. His palms were down. His arms were wide enough that they were on the outside of the bars of the equipment as he did. And he would every repetition was different. And what he was doing was he was working through all the entire range and plane of motion of the shoulder, for instance, doing an overhead press. And, and so he did, he did you know, 50 repetitions of this. And I thought, well, I'm going to try that when I get home. And so for the last couple of months, I've been doing this routine once a week, maybe twice a week, where I go in and I do that. I do 50 repetitions on one piece of equipment, but, I, but my hands are in, never in the same position uh, repeated 
twice in any configuration so that I'm working through all these planes of motion for my shoulders and I do a push and I do a pull. So I might do an overhead press and then I might do a pull down machine like what would you could consider to be a lat pull machine. It, it emulates pull-ups. But when I'm doing a lat pull, I've got them in close. I've got, I've got uh, palms forward. I got palms out. I got, I got my arms all the way out. I got them on the outside bars of the equipment and not even, not even close to the grips on the equipment. And I'll do 50 repetitions of that. So I'll do 50 pull, 50 push. Then I'll go back and do 50 pull, 50 push. Then I'll go back and do 50 pull, 50 push. And then I'll move on to another set of uh, two sets of equipment and work opposing muscle groups. My shoulders have never felt better. And it's just bizarre to me that, that that was sort of the cure for what I thought was going to be a lifelong shoulder problem. And by the way, which was also one of the reasons that one of the orthopedists that I talked with said, well, maybe we should get in there and you've got a torn labrum and you've got a divot on the glenoid process and that divot is sitting in the, in the joint between the, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the middle of your shoulder and you've got biceps tendonitis. So, and you've got a and you've got bursitis. You've got a bursa sticking out of it. You know everybody has these things that show up. <laughs> you remind me of Kennewick Man. You know the the recent discovery, oh, right. the nine thousand year old guy in, yeah. up in Seattle area, yeah. and um, his body was littered with serious injuries. He had a stone spear tip embedded in his uh, thigh bone, and and so on and so forth. So yeah, I agree. Like nobody's perfect, right? But you can work through these things if you modify your routine. And and the, and the answer is really that there there is. There is a solution. You just have to find what it is for you. And I keep coming back to this time and time again. Um, the, the original solution for that shoulder problem that gave me 80% of my relief was a simple stretch. And, and it was weird. It was a pectoral stretch because the pec pulls the shoulder forward uh, if you do pec-centric exercises. You know, again, a lot of push-ups, uh, a lot of fly work, a lot of stuff that, that, that develops the pecs but also pulls the whole shoulder girdle in and, and, and out of alignment. Now, most recently, um, this is within the last 24 hours, I had a little bit of Achilles uh, tendonitis, a little, a little issue, tenderness from, from sprinting on the weekend. And you showed me that two-minute stretch. And today, I swear to God, I wake up, and my, I, did, I did it a couple times yesterday. I did it once before I went to bed last night. I woke up today, and my Achilles feels better than it's felt in the last couple of weeks. So it's really, you know, there, I, I just, my job at Mark's Daily Apple and with the Primal Blueprint and all the stuff we do and all the content is to look for solutions to problems that people have with their you know, physical ills or their dietary issues or whatever. And it never ceases to amaze me how the, the, the solution is typically a simple one that you can do yourself that does not involve surgery, whether it's you know orthopedic surgery or whether it's bariatric surgery in the case of somebody who's got dietary issues, mm-hmm. or whether it's taking drugs, or whether it's you know whatever whatever medication that you've been prescribed to to fix or address the symptoms but not fix the actual yeah relieve problem. the pain more yeah. so yeah yeah um, and speaking of simple solutions there's another thing we should uh, discuss with any injury and this is easier said for a triathlete than any other athlete but when I was a runner. I was never not injured from from high school on through college when I bombed out and my career was over at a young age. And then when I was a triathlete for the next 12 years, I was never injured for more than, you know, a week or two at a time because when an ache and pain came up, I just switched sports. And like I say, it's easier for a triathlete to do that. If my shoulder started throbbing, I wouldn't swim for two days and I'd bike and run harder. But I think the average person out there 
will push through these strong signals of pain and disorder and continue on in the name of I don't know what when it's as simple as A, don't introduce any additional pain to an injured area or you're going to pay for it somewhere down the line and B, then you can go investigate these ways to speed the healing and, and, and stretch or um, balance out your muscular imbalances that are you know trending to these injuries. Yeah, it comes back to that whole concept that we tend to get into a rut, get into a routine, get into a, 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 a single plane of motion. Even if you're a runner, you're just running in one plane all day long. And, and then even though you're relatively fit, if you try to get into a basketball game or a soccer game or a Frisbee game as, a, as an endurance <laughs> or athlete. Or a water ski pull for 32 seconds. <laughs> yeah. you, you get injured and sometimes badly because you haven't developed you know, just that simple ability to go side to side. So how, what does that say to the Primal Blueprint Mark's Daily Apple audience is the more you can vary your routine, vary your workout, vary your the planes of motion through which you take your body on a regular basis, whether it's workout to workout or day to day, the better, uh, the, the, you know, the more resistant to injury you'll be in addition to being fitter and in addition to being um, probably healthier because a lot of this has to do with the biomechanics of the lower back, for instance. You know, you sit in a chair all day, um, that's not good for you. But standing at a desk all day is similarly not necessarily good for you. There's a, there's a middle ground in between. Uh, well, we're gonna. I want to talk to you about Don't Just Sit There, which is on the verge of release, and we're so excited about that. Uh, but I, I thought of something else when you're talking about the variation of your routine or your exercises in the case of you doing the different uh, positions on the bar, but also the, the scheduling and the variation of your workout patterns and being comfortable with, uh, for example, I finished up August and I tried to write down you know, what workouts I do and kind of look back. And after August was over, I was like, wow, this is way more exercise and more hard workouts than I usually do. Maybe I should back off. And I felt like crap this whole month and done very little for the, the last 20 days. And I'm totally fine with it because I know I made fitness breakthroughs in August. I wasn't even noticing. And then my body itself said, hey, time to back off. And I think people fail to recognize the importance of variation on so many, on so many levels, including just being comfortable with great periods of time when you're exercising and more enthusiastically and performing better and then being okay with downtime such as a winter period where your body should naturally slow down. Right. We call that periodicity or periodized training um, in the athletic world where you go through, you sort of ramp up certain levels of fitness, but once you achieve a new level of fitness, you give your body an opportunity to not just adapt to it, but recover from what it took to get there. Um, you can utilize that principle uh, as a guideline throughout your throughout a full year's cycle, uh, but you can also do it month to month. I happen to sometimes do it day to day. So I'll show up. People are, are always laughing at me because I'll so, show up some days at the gym and I'll do like two two exercises and I'll I'll turn around and go home. And they go, what, what you, what's happening? I just I don't have it today. I I really am not feeling into it today. It's it's. I know they say showing up is eighty percent, but that's that's really not how it works. Um, I'm willing to to go back and, and call it a day and not do the workout and just go home and go back to work and do whatever it was I was doing um, and not feel guilty about it because I was very consciously trying to get into the headspace to be able to complete the workout. But the fact that I couldn't get into that space or I didn't have the energy or I wasn't motivated or there was a, maybe a, a nagging little twinge or, or, or some little thing that I that was in the back of my mind was going, you know what, just Take it, take it easy today. Call this a rest day. No harm, no foul. Um, better than plowing through a workout and hurting yourself or setting yourself back even more. Um, 
one one good example of that that in my career as a runner uh, was about the New York Marathon in uh, 19, 1979, a long time ago. Um, I was certain that I was ready to run 2.14. And I, I went into that race, the last, last six weeks of training, I, I hammered myself. And I was doing 115 miles a week of training, and I was doing... Um, you know, I'd, I'd go to the track and I'd do like 16 halves at 224, you know, with a with a quarter jog in between. Is uh, that hard? <laughs> you tell me. I couldn't do one of those now. But uh, and and I, I felt like I'd done the work and I woke up that the morning of that race and I just I, I, I remember feeling like, wow, I don't have it today and this is not good. But I, I'm here. I train. I'm going to do it. And I got to the starting line, and I ran across the Verrazano Bridge, and I ran the first couple of miles, and I should have dropped out because I didn't have it, and I should have dropped out. But I tried to, I tried to hold it together, uh, and so the first real convenient place to drop out was Central Park at 16 miles, which was, and, and what that did was doing that race set me back, and not even complete the race. I only dro- I dropped out at 16 miles. I should have just stayed in that day, but um, it cost me six weeks of training. Oh, yeah. You're lucky it only costs you six weeks. Yeah. I mean, some people are just buried in a hole they never come out of. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we've spoken about this before, but um, I have a hard and fast rule that I've learned the hard way. That if you have a slight tickle in your, in your throat when you wake up or you feel a little hot or some sign of suboptimal immune function, I believe strongly that you should engage in total rest. And I know some people say, well, if it's above your head, uh, you can stay in be- below the head, stay in bed. No. If you don't feel like working out and you have Im- immune problems, you just rest because the athlete or the fit person's immune system is markedly better than an average person, or it's tremendously worse if they're in an overtraining pattern. They're going to get more sick and more rundown than the even the average person in the office uh, workplace or whatever. So paying attention to those signs and learning from Mark Sisson's mistakes at the New York City Marathon. <laughs> if you feel like crap in a marathon, drop out before mile 16. Yeah, and that's uh, I've I've seen that happen with uh, with really uh, strong elite athletes who say, "Well, I've never dropped out of a race. I'm not dropping out of a race." And you see them do it at Ironman or something like that. You Congratulations, know? you never dropped out. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I'm going to give you a pat on the back for that. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yet, it you see it. It can all that just that experience of not having it that day, um, and instead of calling it a day and going back and, and recovering and regrouping. It'll cost them two months of training. Well, it, it depends what your goals are. Yeah. And if you just want to finish, and there's a lot of people out there that state that as their goal. I just want to get through this Ironman. That's my goal. Yeah. Well, you know, we could do it right now. If I put a gun to your head, yeah. you, you could still run a marathon. I, it's funny. So I, I. I, I used to say that I could train a fit 60-year-old woman to go sub-16 at Ironman, you know, on, on a bet in, in a year's time who'd never done one. Um, but, you know, going fast is a different, a completely different uh, issue. Right, right. Um, nothing wrong with you know having having a goal just to finish, yeah. but it should be finishing and preparing for it in a healthy manner, yeah. rather than just dragging an injured body through. For example, all right, enough of this. We're beating ourselves up about <laughs> beating ourselves up here. Yeah. So uh, you did mention that uh, the, 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 on the topic of variation, we have a huge major issue in the workplace today. Yeah, and we're doing something about it. Well, yeah, we've uh, we've been working on this uh, project for six months with uh, Katie Bowman, who's an amazing uh, physical therapist and uh, a PhD in, in uh, uh, kinetics and kinesiology and all manner of uh, body movement. And it really is contemplated to um, 
craft for yourself the perfect workspace that allows you to literally not succumb to sitting disease. Uh, and there's a lot more that goes into it besides just a stand-up desk. And I learned that from her early on that um, you know that there are so many different things that we do in our lives that we think is are the, are the answer. Oh well, I I went from you know sitting all day to standing all day. And now my back hurts. Well, there's a reason for that because you're in the same position. So we've we've put together a multimedia program. It's called Don't Just Sit There. And it's a, a, a PDF book. It's an audio version of that PDF book. It's how many videos did we put together finally? Oh, it's going to be about eight videos, including that lengthy discussion with you and Katie about all manner of right. the importance of movement and variation in daily life. Right. So it's a, it's a digital product that's... Um, that's going to be available in probably a month or six weeks. Uh, and the, the, the interesting thing here is that we're sort of moving Primal Blueprint Publishing away from this old-school uh, tree-based <laughs> uh, printed, printed material to um, as much digital only as we can, as we can deliver, but in a very uh, entertaining uh, and informative package that includes, as I say, a PDF, uh, audio versions, um, uh, pictograms, videos, whatever we can provide that gives a, a multimedia approach to whatever issue it is we're, that we're discussing. Well, I have to say in the last uh, six or seven years when we've been very intensely cutting down trees and publishing books, the, the quote from Jeff Bezos, the, the leader of Amazon, was haunting me in the back of my mind. He said, um, books have had a great 600-year run, but now that run's coming to an end. And he meant that everything was going to go that digital direction because it's so much simpler. And I think for the, uh, the, the enthusiast, um, it's going to be a, a great step up from just reading a book from Mark or a book from Katie in this Don't Just Sit There course because there we are with showing you the stretches that are being described and going through a step-by-step protocol where you can take action with a guide, with a video guide, in addition and supplementing to, of course, getting the reading material into your brain. Right. It's a whole different dimension. And it also lends itself to very specific issues um, as opposed to a book which you got to fill 250 to 400 pages with, uh, you know, a lot of information and research and background and anecdotes and testimonials and everything. And yet the reality of most books is, and I used to say this about the Primal Blueprint, is that, you know, I can tell you everything you need to know to be eating right and sleeping right and getting enough sun in two pages. But because of the nature of books and the perceived value of a printed tome and how much you spend to get it, there is this assumption that you have to provide way more information than the end user really wants to know. Well, with digital uh, uh, programming, with a PDF and an audio book, and then with videos, you can you can really dig deeply into one specific issue and provide as much uh, nuance and layers to that issue as possible uh, and, and do so in a way that I think that the end user derives tremendous benefit. They, don't, they, they get a chance to hear it. So they get a chance. If you're an audible learner, you can hear it. Mm-hmm. If you're a visual learner, you can read it. If you're a if you're a vis- audio video learner, you can watch it on the screen and grok it that way. And um, and I think so. I think the message really hits home much much more clearly. Oh, and it, it it allows for that individualization of the experience because, like you said, your your different learning modalities as well as the pace that you want to learn at. And your attention span, which I have to say from, from my representative sample, my population of, of pals and even my kids, like, you know, people are not sitting down 
and enjoying books like they used to. There's a small percentage of the population that would uh, beg to differ. Congratulations to them. But, you know, my son is not inclined to sit and read things about sports like I do, but he knows every single thing going on in the NBA without reading it. And I'm like, how did you know that? Oh, it's on YouTube. Oh, it's on my, my right. smartphone alert. And so the information comes and the educational experience is, is delivered in a way that you can pick and choose. So the videos on this course, when you log into the portal, just like with the certification course, you uh, visit the, the video of your choice. It might be video number seven. Even though we recommend going in order, you don't feel like it, hit the video, see the stretching exercises, and then come back at your leisure and, and go through a course more sequentially. Yeah, I think this is a this is going to be the way uh, the, the sort of uh, appealing to the shorter attention span of everybody in general, and I include myself in that. What were you saying, Mark? I'm uh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. short attention, attention span. span. Right, yeah. right. So anyway, we're excited about that, and I think that's where Primal Blueprint Publishing is headed. And you mentioned the certification. Uh, we've already had several hundred people sign up, sign up for the certification, and it's the the testimonials we're getting on our uh, questionnaires afterwards are really, really encouraging to us because people love that course, and it's not easy. Yeah, there's a um, it's a a feedback form that we ask the graduates to put in, and then you know rate the course or did you find the course easy to use, very easy, very difficult, whatever. And then they always click very easy. In other words, easy to um, use. the course was easy to use. And I see that, I'm like, yeah. crap, someone said the course was very easy. How could they say that? But yeah. in fact, we've heard from uh, MDs, uh, periodontists, physical therapists, and every last one of them has said that the course is rigorous and um, definitely you know, worth the value of the experience. And they've also given us some really nice, precise feedback were areas where we can improve and challenging some of the test questions they didn't feel were fair. And so we sit back and we reason and we try to, um, you know, continue to improve the course. So another another plug for the digital transition is, eh, you know, you you wrote the Primal Blueprint in 2008, man. It's, it's 2014 now. Um, where's the updates about this topic, that topic? And in fact, you're, you're doing that right now. But on digital, it's so much easier. But tell me about the, the Primal Blueprint update. Well, we're hoping to put out a third edition sometime in 2015 where we, uh, you know, once again, where we, we take the new information that's come down since the original book was written and since the updated version was, was put out. That's the paperback the you're paperback talking version, about. Yeah. And just, you know, bring everybody up to speed. And the, the good news is that not much has changed. I mean, we've, we've really, oh, yeah. I think we've established a lot of um, Our uh, meetings miles- are very short, Mark. <laughs> we sit there, now what about this? Yeah. Everything's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it does give me a great deal of satisfaction to realize that we covered so much in the original Primal Blueprint. But back to the certification, the good thing about the certification and the the digital uh, delivery of that system is that it's malleable. That it's, that, you know, you print a book and you print, you know, 20,000 copies. Those 20,000 copies, that's, that's literally cast in stone, cast in print. You can't go back and edit those. With the certification, every time we get a little nuance change or something like that, we can go back in and and upgrade the course without having to print a lot of material because it's an entirely online digital course. Um, good thing, especially long term, is the costs of providing the education are much lower. Right. And so everybody gets more efficient and um, we have also other projects in development. One of them is the sprint course, which is pretty exciting because it seems like you get a ton of questions on that, uh, you know, writing in and even for the podcast of, you know, it's sort of an intimidating subject to sprint. Geez, I've never tried that in my life. Yeah, that's one of the, you know, the, the, at the pinnacle, the apex of the 
primal blueprint exercise pyramid is sprinting, sprint once a week. Um, and I know you like to advocate for once every seven to ten days. <laughs> um, I try to do it once a week. Um, Carrie tries to do it twice a week. Uh, and that also depends on how aggressively you go after it. But I think in Carrie's case, in my wife's case, she has seen the incredible benefits. And Carrie is like wickedly fit anyway. She's probably she was a featured subject on the the, the sprint video as a yeah. success story. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So she's but she's someone who's always been conscious of working out. Has always worked out uh, not just ag- aggressively, but. Um, but on a daily basis, it's been a part of a routine. I mean, that's we met in the gym. She and I met at Sports Club LA 25 years ago, 26 years ago now. And we met on that's the... That's a nice gym. It's not one of these dives. <laughs> so at least I got that going for him. Yeah. Uh, so, but she's always been fit. And yet it wasn't until she started sprinting a few years ago that her fitness level jumped an entire notch. And she started to know... And she's always had a great body, but her body changed. It became more, even more firm than it was... And uh, uh, it's it's just a noticeable uh, difference to her, and these are minor differences to people who are already fit, but they're significant enough that if you so my point being anybody and everybody can benefit from in, injecting some form of sprinting activity in their daily in their daily in their in their weekly routine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't have to be sprinting on the track, and that's sort of the point that you and I make. Number one, we want to show people how to sprint on the track or how to run sprint on the track or on the grass or on the sand and do so in a way that maximizes the utility of that experience, that optimizes their foot landing, that that optimizes their biomechanics, and, and so they get everything right and don't hurt themselves. But there are so many other ways you can sprint. There's the bike. I mean, I do some of my sprints. Uh, on a life cycle in the gym because it's handy and it's low impact and uh, I can recover uh, quickly from that. Uh, some people use an elliptical machine. Some people might do uh, uh, jump rope you know, fast for their sprint routine. Uh, so there, there are all manner of ways in which we can sprint, but the, the concept is simple. The concept is do something all out, high intensity, relatively low impact, something that raises your heart rate as high as you can get it for anywhere from 20 seconds to a minute. Um, and several times during one session, and then and do that just once a week, and then you're basically you're done. So we've had a great. Uh, we did a whole podcast on that, or a lot of one, and it, it's it's great to listen to and get inspired. Now, now, uh, for for a reasonable price, it's not it's not going to be a, you know a huge investment. You're going to have a library of videos at your disposal forever to go watch the actual workouts taking place and learn the techniques and all that. So there's no more excuses for not including sprinting in the routine. Right, and and you know part of that video package, for instance, is what people pay a thousand dollars to go to PrimalCon for uh, and get. And the, and the one of the most popular sessions at PrimalCon is the sprint session. Even seasoned runners who've been running their whole life will come up to me after the sprint session and go, holy crap, I had no idea that A, that was how you sprint, B, I had no idea I was running wrong, and now I feel like I can go home and with this skill and, 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 and inject that style into all the other running that I do. Uh, and, it's, and it's basically um, you know, the most popular aspect of PrimalCon, or not that most popular, but it's the, one of the most popular breakout sessions at PrimalCon. Uh, and so you, there's many other ideas, uh, partially in development or just in the idea phase of, of, of following this template and creating a comprehensive multimedia course. Um, right now, however, it seems like all of us are 
are, are laser focused on the certification program because it's so comprehensive and it's been three years in the working and the response has been great. Well, because the response has been so great, it's it's like we're really giving that uh, major part of our attention right now. It's uh, I won't say there's, the, the response has been overwhelming. I mean, it's really been so well received and the, one of the more gratifying things is the number of international uh, students that we've had take this course. Um, it's a huge number of people from around the world who have said, look, I, I really want to know more about the Primal Blueprint. This seems to be a way to to get that education and then test myself on the knowledge to prove to myself that I really do understand how this whole viewpoint, this point of view, this lifestyle, this Primal Blueprint thing works. Uh, and right now, Mark, it looks like it's almost 1 o'clock here in, in Malibu, so I'm guessing you've been fasted for about 16 hours, so we're going to go have some lunch and I enjoy the, the casual format of this podcast. And I also have uh, in, my, in my back pocket a whole ton of questions that have backed up. And I thought maybe at the next podcast we can do some short answer style questions because we've had a bunch of feedback coming in saying, oh, those lengthy answers where he explains everything is wonderful. And then some other people say, hey, can you cover more questions? So if your average answering time is seven minutes on a question, I hope you enjoy that show format. But we're going to do um, a rapid fire like word association uh, podcast next time. For now, it's Brad Kearns with Mark Sisson in the Malibu studios. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. Looking for a nutritionally balanced, low-carb meal on the go? Want to take the edge off hunger and sustain your energy until your next meal? Primal Fuel makes Primal Paleo-style eating quick, simple, and delicious. Healthy doses of high-quality fat from coconut milk, protein from ultra-high-potency whey protein isolate, probiotics from artichoke, healthy fiber, and only 6 grams of all-natural carbs per serving in a delicious and incredibly satisfying shape. Quick, easy, cost-effective, and with 20 grams of the highest biological value protein per serving and 6 grams of soluble prebiotic fiber. Primal Fuel is perfect for any occasion, breakfast, lunch, dinner, or as a snack or dessert. Tempt your taste buds today. Visit PrimalBlueprint.com to order in 15-day or 30-day sizes.